Good morning. This is Coffee with the Sarlows, and I'm Karen. Good morning. I'm Kelly. Good morning, Kelly. You're going to talk about a treatment this morning. Yes. I have uh, one particular client who comes to see me every couple months just to sort of check in um, and see what it is that she's missing. That's normally her question. And she comes to find out what she's missing? Yes. That's so cool. Yeah. So she checks in as a mom. She checks in as a professional. And then she checks in with her soul. Okay, so this isn't life coaching. No, she's this a is the channeling. channeling. Yeah. Okay, just differentiating because I know you do two different types of treatments or yeah. sessions. Okay. So she came in and she specifically said um, past lives. Hmm. And it's not something that we normally do because we usually are focused on actionable things in this life. And it ended up being the entire session. And I know sometimes past lives can take up a very short amount of time or they can take up multiple sessions. Mm -hmm. And so what came through was an entire session about her food anxiety. And I thought this was really interesting because I don't think it's something that's talked about a whole lot outside of the context of um, an eating disorder. And it's not that she has an eating disorder, but it's generalized food anxiety. And the past life was the thing that actually brought forward some of her behaviors in this lifetime that she can't really explain. Like what? So she has two young children and a very busy husband and she's very busy herself. And she does the meal prep and the like all of the meal cooking as well. And so she preps everything in proportion to what she expects people are going to eat and then she realizes that when people go into the fridge on a time that's not scheduled for meals, if they pull out food that she's portioned, you know, for a leftover lunch or for dinner that evening, her anxiety goes through the roof that they're not going to have enough food to eat, even though her fridge is always 100% full. Hmm. Even though there's things in Tupperware all the time, accessible food, uh, you know, there's stuff that you can snack on and then things that need to be reheated, like all kinds of different um, ways that you can eat. But anytime unexpected eating happens, she's stressed about the next meal and if everyone's going to have enough. Mm. So her brain goes into overdrive thinking, how do I take away from someone else's to make everything even? Is that appropriate? So it's all about rationing things out. And she also has anxiety about expirations. She has anxiety about quantity. She has anxiety about um, just the anticipation of a next meal as well. And so when we went into this past life, the first thing her soul showed me was that she was an elderly man in a third world country. And I'm really not good with nationalities. I know you and I have our, our strong suits and whatnot. Nationality is not one of them for me. And so she showed me darker skin, but it still looked roughly Caucasian. Anyway, she's in this war-torn country as an older man who is working in like isolation in a basement and there's no food. He's a servant and he's not given any food. And so he literally is on his hands and knees looking for crumbs. Oh my. And so he says that the anxiety about portions and the anxiety about anticipating meals is that he would he would gather them in his palms and have to figure out how much he could put in his mouth right now and how much he would have to put in his pockets for later. Mm. And if he got really hungry right now, do I eat a little bit more? But what does that mean for later? Right. 
And I think one of the really cool things that came through, which I was not anticipating any of this, was he said that she, she had picked, or their soul, right? Because it's the same soul. Yeah. The soul had picked to come through as a white woman in this in this part of the world because in a war-torn country, it's women and children first, and the men are overlooked. Oh. It's the men that are fed last. Well, other than if they're the soldiers. Right. Because the soldiers would be fed first. But he was a poor servant. Right. So he swore to himself in that life he was not coming back as an elderly man who was going to be overlooked because he was at the point where his body was no longer fit, right, to yeah. to perform. And so he was given these low or what they would consider lowly tasks and completely overlooked for any kind of value. And so it was funny because he, this part of her soul, the, that male part, was trying to explain why he had picked this female body and why she had like a solid body. She's beautiful, but she struggles with some parts. And he was there to explain that he had picked a fuller body because he needed that um, reassurance or that security that he wasn't going to be this pale, um, fragile, gaunt human again. Um, I think some other things had come through about his feet that were like problem areas and she's carried them through in this lifetime as well. Mm. But the majority of the session was about the food anxiety and how she could help alleviate that now because it was, I'll say that part of the soul or his part of the soul that was still wounded and she was carrying out the same fears even though she has money, she's wealthy enough to provide for her family and for herself and she has the time to. But this this lifetime where she was isolated and had to come up with nothing, literally, mm-hmm. um, just triggered everything for her. Does she still have issues with feeling valued for what she does in this life? Yeah. Even and though she can now be a professional or whatever? Yeah, and she's accredited in very, and I'm not going to give away her identity, but she's accredited in very... Um, really neat ways that help heal people Mm -hmm. and I won't say it's never enough but there's a feeling of never getting enough recognition for the qualifications she has which is something that this this part of her soul had struggled with as well Well, that's why I asked that Mm -hmm. because as you're telling the story I can hear other things that he could he could struggle with that she could carry into this life again Mm -hmm. and I I also remember toward the end, her daughter coming through and saying, mom, you're triggering some of um, your phobias in me now, Uh or you're creating those patterns. And here are some ways that you can stop where she can ask her daughter better questions instead of um, telling her what to do or telling her when she can eat because of that whole fear. I mean, kids go to the fridge and they say they're hungry when they're bored the same way adults do. Um, But she can now avoid this by asking her daughter questions instead of telling her how to behave around food Mm -hmm. so that she isn't cycling in the same patterns as mom Mm -hmm. for seemingly inexplicable reasons as a human in this life. Does she have any issues with basements? 
Yeah, she has a hard time when she's not around windows, when she doesn't have fresh air. Uh, that space was, was a big thing for her. So she creates office spaces as much as she can that are more conducive to light, more conducive to, um, I'll say, being a, around people, but not completely interacting with them. Well, and I wonder if she needs to be on a ground floor as opposed to in a basement. Oh, absolutely. The basements are not a thing for her. Yeah, like even in her own home, it might not even be her place to actually relax. Even if there's a family room down there, it, it still might give her some feeling of not fully being comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it creates all of that uh, claustrophobia feeling. Mm -hmm. Not not to say that she's struggling with that on a grand scale, yeah. but it's that, I'll say that four or five out of 10 anxiety that we don't really give a whole lot of credit to because we think it's manageable, but we never really put our finger on it. Oh, we, we can live with a four or five our whole lives mm -hmm. until we move out of that house and maybe move into something else where if it's not there anymore, then we can feel some relief or happier or just feel like we're more at home mm -hmm. somewhere else, but not put our finger on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I just, I wanted to share because I, we talk a lot about channeling current life. We talk a lot about channeling people who have crossed. And this was one of the, I think maybe the second time that a past life has really been memorable for me from a treatment. Because oh, okay. for the most part, there's no, there's no recollection after the sessions. Uh, I remember bits and pieces and I know I felt inspired, but it wasn't, it didn't hold me. Oh. Did it hold you more because in this particular past life, it was relevant to current fears, phobias, and situations that were more prominent and prevalent for her? Um, you know, maybe, but I think also because I have my own food anxieties on mm -hmm. a personal level, there was a connection to it. Uh, and they're not the same, but I could connect through compassion where I know what it's like to be anxious around food, to be a nervous eater, to be, I'll say, female and struggling with image, right? And so understanding how someone else might struggle with food in a different way, uh, I just felt kind of this outpouring as I was hearing the messages while they were being channeled, right? Because that's a whole different experience all on its own. Mm -hmm. Being the channel and delivering the message is one thing. There's a detachment to it, but then it's like almost like you float in and out of your body as you're channeling and you catch glimpses of it. And it's like, oh, as a human, I'm really sad to hear that. Mm -hmm. Or as a human, I'm really excited to learn that. Mm -hmm. And so there's a little bit of sharing in the session that happens where you kind of come to and you look at this human across from you who's hoping to get healing from you. And I don't know, you just want to you want to love them the best you can. And you also want to learn their lessons as well. So you don't have to struggle with the same anxieties they're here for. I find that I feel exactly what you described every day of the 10 years I've been doing this. Yeah. For every single session that I've given or been in or a part of or channeling in. Because I'm always enthralled. I'm never bored a single moment. I just don't want to come back. That escalated. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just don't want to come back. Okay. I think like I, there's this panic, like, oh, that's another lesson. I'm going to listen to that because I don't want to do it again. I don't mm. want to do the human thing. Right. 
I like in sessions when past lives come through to give people tools that they can use in their current life, in their current situation, where perhaps they have gone through something in a past life and they're able to bring forward what they learned in good ways that they want and need again and can't seem to access and find, but also in ways where they may have learned that they did things that weren't the best so that they can recognize that they're re- when they're repeating something and the tools to come outside of repeating that. Yeah, I this probably goes along with what you're saying. I like watching the human in front of me, especially in this situation where they're learning a message from their own soul from a past life, Yeah, where they're more gentle with their own selves. Mm-hmm. Because I think in this life where we're about self-development and we want to grow and be better and you know, that whole maximize our potential kind of thing. There's so much pressure. There's so much judgment. There's so much rushing the process that we're hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And she got to hear from a part of her own soul. And hopefully when she opens that fridge now, she just thinks, okay, we're safe. We're okay. Mm -hmm. And she speaks differently to herself now. Yeah. Hopefully there's a kindness. Well, she can be, she can be compassionate towards that part of herself that's him. Mm-hmm. And if she can even, you know, Kelly, it's cool because maybe she can visualize that old man. Maybe she can give him a name. Maybe she can identify when he's acting out uh, or just presenting himself to her so that she, if, you know, it could be at a shower. It could be at a restaurant. It can be anywhere. But maybe if she sees him, like you say, as a piece of herself, that instead of, like you said, being hard on herself, she can be kind, considerate, mm-hmm. compassionate, and generous to herself. That, to me, is self-care and self-love. Yeah, I was just going to say... Can I continue? Sorry. It's also where now we're truly learning what it means to let go of something. Instead of just being told, oh, just let it go. When we have no idea how to let go, because we don't even know where it came from. Mm-hmm. I think letting go is actually... Or maybe we can just replace the words. Take care of it. You take care of oneself. But, right. Take care of the thing that's hurting you mm-hmm. so that it can be actually released. Mm-hmm. I I think, too, I like when you said hopefully she envisions things. And, you know, I think about being able to speak to him, like you said, give him a name yeah. and just say, I'm taking care of you now. Yeah. You are being taken care of. Yes, or you're having a temper tantrum and you are a part of me that's having a temper tantrum in this moment, but there's an adult present. Mm. There's a piece of me that recognizes your neediness, but you don't get to control the adult present in the room. Mm -hmm. And I think so often we wish other people would freaking get that. Mm hmm. Or just be the adult in the room. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) But this is actually saying how to be one. Yeah. This is actually saying what's underneath those behaviors. And in a treatment where a person can come in for half an hour or an hour or whatever and figure out what's underneath all of that. That's when I hear people say um, he needs therapy or he needs help. But they don't exactly know what it is they mean by therapy or the word help. Mm -hmm. And now we're actually defining why it's important to know about our past lives. Mm -hmm. Because some of them, as you're pointing out, present currently. 
Yeah, I, I thought it was neat too. Um, they were channeling, and she'll probably correct me when she's listening to the show if I got details incorrect. But they were talking about the guides and and this mm-hmm. part of her that her rest of her house was encroaching on her on her kitchen. And so, I mean, with small children, anyone probably understands oh, that, yeah. that there's stuff is everywhere, that there's crafts and things everywhere and clothing. And they just said that everything was encroaching on the kitchen space and what was meant to be a sacred space around food in this life was now every other room in the house. So she couldn't separate those rooms of clutter, those rooms of, of play, all the different intentions that we have for rooms because they were all, little bits of them were all in the kitchen. And so the guides had just said to her, part of your tool would be decluttering your kitchen, decluttering each cabinet, decluttering each countertop, and making the kitchen just available for kitchen things so that there was space for her to see what she had. There was space for her to have fun in prepping what she had and that that was something that would help counteract the triggers. And then she could have joy. Yeah, and and more ease as Mm -hmm. well. Well, now Mm. we're talking about removing the anxiety. Yeah, about the space itself, because even though the kitchen's not in the basement, and even though there is still light in it, when things encroach on your space, there's a feeling of claustrophobia, right? We Mm -hmm. can't move. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I just, I really loved listening to to him speak. Mm -hmm. And he had softer, I believe, softer features, and she has chosen more angular features Mm -hmm. because they're noticeable, and he wanted to be noticed. He wanted to be seen. Right. Well, she's strikingly beautiful, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was something about her eyes too. I can't remember. Oh, she had chosen dark eyes. I said, do you look in the mirror and feel like they're not your eyeballs? And she goes, yes. (laughs) Why? And I just said, well, he had lighter eyes and they were overlooked. So you picked the dark ones that don't really necessarily make sense to the rest of the features, but you can't really ignore them. Yeah. So he, he, that was his way of taking care of himself was to reincarnate and make sure he was seen. Well, isn't that interesting? So now we're on the other side, we're dead, and we're reevaluating our pa- the lives we've had, and we're constructing something purposely for the current one. Mm-hmm. I think that's really fascinating, because some people who are born into bodies that are not perfect, and I'm, I'm going to say that yeah. loosely, mm-hmm. because there's we could go off into all sorts of things about what perfect is, and everything is perfect, but... I mean, if you're born with cerebral palsy, you might not think you're perfect. And and lots of people aren't even born with diseases and still think they aren't. So I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm trying to say that some people really do struggle with their looks or their functionality mm-hmm. of their body. And pain. Yes. And I don't want to dismiss how true that is for them Mm -hmm. by trying to just be a politically correct person so i'm trying to say is that they still picked that body to experience something Mm -hmm. or to help others experience yeah and it it, and for us to respect the differences Mm -hmm. Hmm. and to learn from them yeah, that, that was wonderful. Yeah, it was a short one, but I, I, it was something that happened recently and I just really wanted to share. I, I'm finding more and more people coming in for treatments um, or, you know, we often say this telephone, Skype and FaceTime. Um, at first, I found that people overseas 
and in other countries, long distance clients were asking far more for the past lives mm -hmm. concessions. And now I'm starting to notice in the last year or two that more and more clients are coming in and saying, I'm really interested in the past lives. And it seems to be too, that it doesn't even matter anymore um, what religion they're from. Mm -hmm. it, it, before I noticed that, you know, Christians and Catholics, Protestants, Anglicans wouldn't ask those types of questions a good decade or so ago. But I'm noticing in the last 10 years, it's really changed that mm -hmm. that they're very open to that, whether their religions supported or not. They're just coming in out of curiosity and the desire to know the truth. Yeah, I think more people are paying attention to their own inner knowings and yeah. wanting answers for the things that they can't explain. Yes. And if you're not going to give it to me, we're in an age of information. Oh, totally. I will find someone who will. That's right. Yeah, and not really wanting just to say just because a religion or parent told me so makes it the truth. Mm. And that that's a that's a beautiful thing that's occurring where people are just seeking it for themselves now. And it's not so much to go out and preach it to others. I often hear people say, oh, my spouse doesn't believe in it, or my kids don't, or, or my parents didn't. They're doing it for themselves. And there again is this tremendous desire to figure out their own purpose. Mm-hmm. Their, and their own value outside of what everybody else is, you know, is trying to set boundaries. It's really cool. So we're really fortunate, eh, hun, to be able to see all of the growth and the change. I like, yeah, I it's neat. I like that you word it, that we get to see growth and change. I'm saying the same thing. I like to know that people are working. Yes. And I just, I know because you do this to me when, when you do the bulk of the podcasts, you just reword it. Um, I do. I like to see that people are working and I like to point out that they're working. I like to point out that where they, where they put their efforts and how much effort they put into things and, and that they're recognizing their own values by putting effort into those things. You and I have said this many times before, Kelly, and you bring it up quite often that we are going to work at either staying in our shit mm -hmm. or we're going to work at growing. Mm hmm and developing emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, mentally, all these different facets of who we are. You're going to work one way or the other. What's your choice? Mm -hmm. And I love how you've said that many times in the podcast shows to highlight that even if we're lazy and we, uh, we are working at laziness, yeah. if we are avoiding, we have to work our asses off to avoid. So what are we choosing to work at? And you're saying that this client has come in consciously trying to very much be aware of her choices. Mm -hmm. And that's just a process. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Did you want to share anything today? I had clients today with past lives. Oh, uh, okay. like I'm just, I'm, I love it. I mean, I do every day. Almost, but today I had quite a few. I got the title for the show. I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah. And so as you've been talking about it, it's very fresh for me to have this discussion with you tonight. One client came in today and heard uh, about a past life that came in where her she used her hands as a farmer and that she would look at her hands in this life and not recognize them as her own. Neat. And how her daughter made comments that I can't remember what she called her hands, but she made a, a funny comment about her mom's hands. 
Were they male in the past life? Meaty hands, I think she called them or something. Yes, she was a male farmer in a past life. And where she had to carry the plow and dig into the land. and She worked. She worked hard. And in this life... Oh, and there was something about in that life too, that she loved nature and animals. Mm -hmm. And so she came into this lifetime as a veterinarian and her hands, that's cool. Her hands are not, I won't say, I won't say they're not feminine. Well, they're not dainty, but they're not. Yes. Yeah. But they're not long, slim fingers or I don't know how to say that, but you can like her hands just feel like they're not quite part of her body. But her hands also are used to care for animals. They're used, and now she's learning more and more how to use energy mm-hmm. and everything that her hands mean in caring for animals and people and herself. But this piece of her was a soul retrieval. Cool. It, it was literally that we had to bring this piece back in so she could value it in herself. Mm. And so I said to her, well, today we're doing a soul retrieval. And it was to go to a past life pull something forward for her, re-engage it in her heart chakra so that she could embrace it, so that she could work and open her chakras more to give more. That's really cool. Because I think people call and say soul retrieval or chakra healing with completely different intentions. Yes. And what you were saying is just pulling something from a past life, not necessarily a wound. And you, I love the way you said it, re-engaging it in the heart chakra. Yes, I sewed it in. So I literally, if you watched me in the treatment room, Mm -hmm. you know what it's like when you've seen me do it. My hands are flying above the body, pulling everything out first to clean the heart chakra. So there was removing things. So say the cleaning process, like you might clean a wound or, or just make something nice. Surgery. Yes, psychic surgery. So that you could remove and open up and make it all ready so you can, I, I almost think about like a surgeon where they're cleaning the organ and making Obviously, room. all the listeners know I'm thinking of Grays. Oh, okay. And then once that's ready, I went down to her feet to ground her. Mm-hmm. So I did some work from the third chakra down from her waist down to ground. Then I went back up to the heart chakra. And again, my hands are flying into the air in the room grabbing like all of the strings to bring it in and fasten it into the heart then my hands are moving like I'm sewing really fast but it almost looks like a musician moving their hands really quickly and then smoothing over and on like de-ruffling all the area over the heart smoothing and then down to the feet up over the top chakra and back Mm -hmm. it was really cool and then her hands just started moving on their own because she has her own beautiful gifts. Mm-hmm. And, and and I want to explain that. Each person has their own beautiful gifts. So as energy healers, we want to tap into each person's beautiful gifts. Mm-hmm. Because we are only a piece of that healing. We are only a piece of the procedure. The universe is, the client is, and we are. There's, 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 it's that beautiful pyramid, that beautiful geometric shape. So when you were talking all about it, it was like, oh, I was so excited for you to hear that because you were very much talking about the talking part. But I know that as an energy healer, that you could focus on the talking and seeing and your gifts, but that you're still doing all of the energy work. And that's what people don't always understand about you and I, that we're not just channeling, 
there's also all of the energy work that occurs in every single session. Mm -hmm. And I, I love, I love seeing people cry is what I was going to say. Oh, (laughs) what I mean by that cry. Yeah. And, but also the ugly cry, because Mm -hmm. I think that is the good one where Mm -hmm. they can grieve for their own soul properly because that man did not have time to grieve for himself. He had to accept his circumstances. There was so much acceptance that needed to happen in order to be in survival mode, Mm -hmm. right? And so you have to be resourceful and you can't do those things if you are fighting the circumstance. Pause for people to hear that. Yeah, that has to really sit, Kelly. Mm -hmm. Because you're talking about how we have to have time to grieve. Yeah. And sometimes in lifetimes we don't. No, And so it carries into another life that we still haven't grieved something from a past life. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense then that all of a sudden you could be sitting someplace with somebody and you have a meltdown and they say, what's wrong with you? And you go, I don't know, because you you don't know. You can't, you're not bringing forth the memory at that time. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and then, and that's why I like seeing people cry (laughs) because there's, there's a recognition of the soul and there's an honoring of that process that the soul is still going through because it's that continuum, right? Okay. Pause for a second. And I just want to point out what a tremendous amount of emotional capacity, maturity, and intelligence you have to be able to recognize that. Thank you. To be able to recognize when somebody else is in that process Mm -hmm. so intimately and in the exact moment when quite often they don't even know it and can't identify it for themselves. Mm -hmm. So that to me is a true what we call gift. Thank you. Sometimes I don't handle it very well. Um, just in the sense that I'm like bubbling with smiles as I know they're ready to cheer up and I'm going, I'm really sorry. (laughs) You're going to cry first and then you're going to get real happy. And I'm already on the happy part because yeah. I get to see what the soul is about to experience. Right. Because uh, you're, you're watching that path, the pathology, essentially. Yes. Um, so there's an in- <laughs> visibly I don't handle it well, but intentionally I'm right on the money. I oh, think I know I get it. Thanks. Um, yeah, it was it was a re- really nice experience to be able to share with someone, um, a professional in the community, a woman uh, understanding like you said, why the the intention of choosing the bodies that we choose. I like it that perhaps in this moment, some people who are listening might hear that we're on their side, that when we are doing our job, using our gifts, we are on the side of each client that walks through the door to say, I need help. Mm -hmm. We are on their side where some people I hear in I won't say community meaning North Bay, I mean the world, make fun of and pick at what we do Mm -hmm. and put it down or say it isn't scientific when they don't even know that it actually is. Mm -hmm. But when you're just describing your feelings, your emotions, everything you go through with the client in the moment, ahead of the moment for them, sometimes back in time for them in their spirit, we go through time for them in a session. We go through their past lives, their current and their future. That is intimate. Extremely. And I, you know, through the consent process, we've been through this a million times on the show. Uh, The last thing I mention is that we hear people's thoughts. And Mm -hmm. I always say, because you have to be comfortable being in a room with me, that is what consent is. Mm -hmm. You are allowing us into that most intimate part of you. And 
it reveals some not so kind things or some not so, um, I guess that kind light. I'm not really sure which word I'm looking for mm-hmm. at this point, but well, truths. Yeah, I just mean that it doesn't it doesn't paint an, a pretty picture of ourselves sometimes, and we yeah. like to not believe that, you right. know. And so, to understand or be able to wrap your head around the fact that when we say we're not judging you, we really mean we're not judging you. There's a tremendous amount of work just to sit in that chair. <laughs> And trust oh, yeah. us. Yeah. And I understand that. And I actually yeah. in the debriefing process, so we're talking about consent at the beginning and then debriefing at the end. I always say to people uh, in the third thing that I mentioned, it's very normal to be pissed yeah. when you leave. Right. And we are used to this as practitioners that yeah. people put their anger about the message itself on us. Yes. And that multiple times we've had people call and say, I saw you two months ago and I was really angry because I, I took it this way. And now it makes sense and I need to come back and see you. Is it okay that I was angry with you? Mm-hmm. And it, yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That, that's, there's a detachment from the experience I know you have to go through. Mm-hmm. And so we're here when you're ready to go to the second part. Yep, that's right. That's very important. That's, that's very good that you brought up because of the gifts that we have access to knowing about those past lives, as you said, that aren't always nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Kelly, I love your story today. Thanks. And all of the different yours. things that it, it brought up in different ways for people to listen to. And hopefully people are listening to it and hearing our own personality and the stuff that we go through and how we learn with each person. Yeah. And that there, there is respect in that process, that there is kindness from us towards them. And towards ourselves in it too. Mm-hmm. A desire on our part to always be learning with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. Um, are we done for the night? I think so. Morning. Well, that's Time okay. of day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows when you're listening? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at And I do believe that we're going to get in the habit of doing some show notes, either at the beginning or the end, depending on when our memory strikes. Uh, we are promoting our next event on December 14th, which is the Evening with Mediums event at the Hampton Inn. Tickets are still on sale as of right now, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you lovely people have, have given us half the room sold out so that's mm-hmm. exciting uh, you can head over to the website to buy tickets there by sarlo.com and click on an evening with mediums event and what else are we doing karen well wanted to also bring up that you can go to by and sign up for mailchimp so that you get all of our current events and th- uh, like our emails uh, sips of sanity is another podcast show that we have that you can find on the website by sarlo.com and they're 10-minute little shows, the first of each month, Monday to Friday, Kelly and I pick a theme. And we go through these 10-minute little shows in case you're just looking for 10 minutes in the car while you're driving your kids someplace or you're waiting for somebody or you're at a red light or whatever's going on in your life. Um, so the Sips of Sanity shows, uh, MailChimp. Next, He's recapping the yes, shortlist. Yes, I am. <laughs> An Evening with Mediums. Um, and booking an appointment by just, you can go to the website for that as well, or calling us directly to book personal sessions or group. I think that's it. Yeah. Maybe we'll write it down and get a cleaner close. Okay. That sounds good. That was our first one. 
Thank you for tolerating us. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you have a wonderful Saturday and we will be back next week with a new show.